0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yeah, the Biden administration wants to go door to door on their new vaccine campaign. I say, no, nope, uh, no, thanks. No, uh, no, thank you. Knock on my door. The door will be slamming in your face instantly. As they say, right, my body, my choice, my front door, my choice. I'm going to put, I'm thinking about putting a no trespassing sign at the end of my driveway. My driveway is quite long. I have like a bowling alley house. It's not wide. It's actually thin, but it goes back very long, right? You guys have been here. You Obviously, you're here now. Uh, the driveway is kind of long. I'm going to put a sign up in the front, a trespassing sign, just to warn people. That way I can call the cops and you can't say you missed it if you try to knock on my door with that crap. Hard pass on that. I want to talk about that. Liberals are losing their minds again about something I said on Sean Hannity's show last night, which I'm going to repeat again today because it pisses liberals off because it's true. So we're going to say that again today. And I want to talk about this. uh, The best piece I've seen yet, although maybe unintentionally on critical race theory. Hey, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my savvy listeners have protected their internet use getting a VPN. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Also, at the end of today's show, I have a hero with a day uh, that's very touching. Um, You're going to want to stay tuned for that. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss that video. Um, I got a little choked up watching it, so I'm working on some stuff with it, too. So Stay tuned. Today's show is, as I said, brought to you by ExpressVPN. You ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode? Why do I use the air quotes? Because it's not really incognito. That browsing history is visible to your employer, your school, and your internet service provider. Why even bother calling it incognito? It makes no sense. To stop people from seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, hotel, your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the administrator of the network... That's still true even in incognito mode. I mean, you really want your parents, everybody else looking at what you're looking at? Come on. What's more, your home internet provider, I'm talking Comcast, AT&T, whatever, can also see and record your browsing data. And in the U.S., they can sell that to advertisers. You know that? ExpressVPN is an app. It encrypts all of your network data and reroutes it through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays private. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It's super easy to use. The app literally is one button. You tap it, boom, to connect. Your browsing activity secure from prying eyeballs. Stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself today at ExpressVPN.com/Bongino. Use my link at ExpressVPN.com/Bongino and get three extra months free. That again is ExpressVPN.com/Bongino to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, Daddy <laughs> Very excited on a Wednesday. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> I can tell. So liberals typically lose their minds when I say this um, and they lose their minds because it's true um, and they don't want it repeated. So I was on Sean Hannity's program last night and this hit one hit appearance, whatever it's a TV lingo, the hit, the hit one nuclear uh, went viral this morning because liberals hate when you speak the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, what liberals are doing in America's big cities is deliberate. It's not an accident. The body bags are piling up and the liberals know they're piling up and they're doing nothing about it because it's deliberate. It's deliberate. said this last night and gosh, the feedback this morning was crazy pills. Check this out. This is reverse broken windows, Sean. Reverse broken windows. Broken windows policing was the exact opposite. You prosecute the little crimes. I've given this example a thousand times because the guy who jumps the turnstile on the train is the guy who goes on the train and commits the robbery. It's the same guy. When you get him for the petty larceny for stealing, you know, lipstick out of a CVS or a deodorant stick or whatever they steal, it's the same person who goes down the street and breaks into a house it's the same guy if you Uh, let the little stuff go it festers like a cancerous tumor into the bigger stuff sean they know this these liberals they're not stupid believe me nothing would please me more than to tell you how dumb they are they're not stupid they're deliberately doing this and i'll say it again i know the liberal media goes nuts when i say it on the show i will say it again They are doing this and causing this chaos in liberal cities on purpose because they're not stupid. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, the Hannity music was playing in the background there. That's kind of a signal to, okay, shut the hell up, time to get out. But I really wanted to finish that thought, so I just plowed right through the music. They didn't mind. They didn't care because what I said was true, and it's important you understand what I said was true and why you understand what I said. The broken windows style of policing implemented in the Rudy Giuliani era in New York City when I was a police officer went nationwide. It is, I would argue, almost single-handedly responsible for the massive decreases in street crime, homicides, murders, and violent crime we saw in the United States throughout the 90s into the 2000s, the late 90s and 2000s. It was a very simple theory. I know I've addressed it before, but it's critical we talk about it now because it didn't only happen in New York City. Bill Bratton, who implemented it in New York City with Jack Maple, took their planning, their broken windows style planning of policing, policing tactics, probably more precise way to say it. And it went around the country and major cities across the country benefited and people are alive today because of broken windows policing. And the theory was very simple. If you walk down a city block and someone breaks a window and you do nothing about it, then someone breaks another window and then another window, and it leads to a sense of decay, which leads to a downward spiral that's hard to get out of. How is that practically implemented in New York outside of the theoretical? It's very simple. It's the example I gave. You know, when you refuse to arrest the guy in the dr- local drugstore, the Walgreens, whatever it may be, the guy, say, steal stealing deodorant, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is. And he walks out of the store and you say, oh, let's just let it go. Folks, it's that same guy who commits the small crime. The overwhelming percentage of the time who goes on doesn't graduate to do it. They do these crimes at the same time. The guy who's in the street, you know, shooting people because he wants to take control of his corner to sell drugs and sling crack is not going to want to pay for stuff in a Walgreens because it's the right thing to do. He doesn't care. So it's the guy who jumps the turnstile to get on the train free. That used to be jumping turnstiles. Do you understand in New York, for those of you who grew up there in New York City, jumping turnstiles in the 80s was a way of life. Nobody paid. Nobody paid. Do you remember the tokens they used to, before they had the Metro cards and the apps and whatever? You used to have to put a token in. There were large swaths of people that were like double-barreled middle finger. I'm not paying. They would just jump the turnstile. And we would let it go because the thought back then amongst police officers, police lieutenants, captains, and supervisors was don't take a cop off the street to process this low-level stuff because then you're going to miss the rape, assault, or whatever on the subway later. So if a transit cop arrests a guy for this, ah, it's just jumping a turnstile, it's no big deal. The thought was, I'm telling you, it was there. I saw it. It was your wasting time. The cop's now off the street because he's back at the precinct house with this guy for jumping a turnstile, and you're not going to see the stuff later. Bratton, Giuliani, Maple come in, and they say, no, that doesn't make any sense. You've got the whole thing wrong. By failing to process the small stuff, it's the people doing the small stuff that later are doing the big stuff. So when you take the turnstile jumper off the street because he jumped the turnstile, I mean, what was a token? 50 cents back then? Who knows? Even though it was only 50 cents, when you prosecute those people, you keep them in jail. All of a sudden, they're not on the subway to commit bigger crimes, robberies, strong arm robberies, weapons robberies, whatever they may be. I, I can't, again, explain to you enough how important and how critical this was. In lowering the crime rate in New York City, the precinct I was in as a cop, the 7-5 precinct in Eastern New York, Brooklyn, was widely thought of to be the worst, most crime-ridden precinct in New York City. I got sent there as a punishment because I locked out uh, on, by accident in a, in a sign-in book. One of the police chiefs while I was a cadet in the 114, it's true, so they sent me to this precinct because rookies always were, like, punished in the 7-5 precinct, and no one wanted to be there. But you got the willies out of the way quick. You learned a lot. And I'm telling you, when I got there, that was the theory of policing. You don't bring people in here for smoking weed in the street or whatever. It's a waste of everybody's time. You don't bring people in for disorderly conduct in public. You're wasting everybody's time. That totally changed under Giuliani. They're throwing that out the window now. And my point, and the reason liberals want nuts, I I should have kind of summed it up in the beginning, maybe a little better. The reason liberals go nuts every time I do an appearance like that on Hannity or elsewhere on Fox, and I say that, that they know what they're doing is because, listen, the mens rea matters, right? Motive matters. Liberals right now are claiming ignorance. Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, Lori Lightfoot, Bill de Blasio. Oh, we don't know what's happening. It's the summer crime wave. People are just being really bad. It's the coronavirus. (laughs) Pretending they're really stupid. Motive matters because they're politicians. And when you can stick a motive on them, that's as evil as the one I'm suggesting. And I am suggesting it because I mean it. That they actually know what they're doing and they're allowing the body bags to pile up. Even though they know they're separating themselves from broken windows policing and allowing chaos. When it's deliberate, there's a political price to pay. And that's why they panic. They can't deny the dead bodies, 92 shots, 16 killed in Chicago over the weekend. Look at this horrible story. Forward, forward forward.com. Max Solomon Lewis, 20, killed by stray bullet in Chicago. A University of Chicago student just driving around in the street, bullet right in the back of the neck. They can't deny it, folks. They can't deny it's happening. So the best they can do is divorce themselves from a malicious motive to tell voters, because they're politicians that need to get elected, oh, gosh, it was all a mistake, folks. We don't know what's happening. We're just so confused here. Don't let them do it. Pin a motive on them. They are robbing the bank because they know that's where the money is. They are allowing this to happen, the death and the body bags on the street, because they're just, they are just don't care. They just don't care. They are allowing it to happen. Liberals watched what happened in the Giuliani era. Many of them were in New York City government at the time. They know what works and they're refusing to do it. Now, why do they refuse to do it? I addressed this yesterday on the radio show and a little bit on the podcast. Why won't they just back up the cops and say, let's go back to broken windows policing. Let's go back to the Giuliani era, that style of policing, and let's save lives. Why do they let people die? You can't say that on the radio. I can say what I want because it's true. They are letting people die. Why? I'm talking about the radical left here. I want to be clear, not all Democrats, but why does the radical left hate the cops? There are two reasons. Number one, the identity politics police out there that are now the dominant portion of the Democrat Party, the far left. I want to be crystal clear who I'm talking about have always viewed the police as symbols of institutional racism. So even though politicians know that the police could save them right now, Lori Lightfoot, Bill de Blasio, all of them in these big cities, these liberal mayors, Garcetti, others across the country, know that backing the police could save their reputations. They know it. Lori Lightfoot could clean up Chicago tomorrow. She knows exactly what to do. She'd rather see people die, though. Why? Because the radical left has always viewed the police as frontline shock troops in the institutional racism war. It's a remnant of the civil rights movement. And they've always, they've always hated the police. Always. So in the Democrats and the, the radical leftists, I should say, when they're triaging their needs, they're like, do we let the body bags pile up or do we back the police? They're like, nah, just let the body bags pile up. We hate the police. That's they're the, they're the frontline shock troops in the war on institutional racism. They're the status quo. So they can't. They just let people die. Listen, I want to get too deep here on this, I don't, but I don't want to stay surface either. I want to get just the right amount of subcutaneous in here. So you understand what's going on. This is deliberate. There's a motive by leftists. But there's another reason they hate the cops. Not just that they see them as, as symbols of racism and institutional racism. It's this guns versus butter approach. Again, I addressed yesterday in the radio show, and, but didn't get to talk about in the podcast. I'll address it again today. Liberals understand that social spending is the way to attach people to big government. Whatever you can give them, give them. Free housing, free food through SNAP programs, welfare, Section 8, Medicaid, whatever it is. Liberals want to detach you from a meritocracy. And a meritocracy is obtained through work. Liberals hate work. They've always hated work because they believe a meritocracy is a symbol of capitalist oppression. Everybody following? If if I'm getting ahead of anyone here, just so you guys over there, shake your heads. Everybody tracking? They've always seen merit based work as a symbol of capitalist enslavement. The capitalist oppressors, the white male patriarchy, they want to make sure equity, not equality, but equity matters. So through equity, you have to attach people to the government. The way to attach people to the government is to destroy the rich and take from them and give to who they perceive to be the oppressed, the poor. You can't do that while you're spending massive sums of money on police and military. It's been traditionally known as the guns versus butter approach. The left always prefers the butter. They hate the guns. That's why the left, the radical left, has always hated the military Outside of the systemic oppression argument, they've always hated the military and they've always hated the cops. They get in the way of their big state plans because they cost a lot of money. And second, they're symbols of what they, they, they see as empire building with our military and institutional racism locally with the cops. It's an imperial stormtrooper force oversees our military, which is interesting. For a country that's supposed to be empire building, where's our empire? Where's our empire? We conquered the Japanese, still called Japan. Conquered the Germans, still called Germany. We defeated the United Kingdom. It's still the United Kingdom, it's not the United States. I mean, we defeated the Soviet Union uh, without firing a hot war shot. It's still called Russia. Where's our empire? They just make this stuff up cuz they're not very bright. They hate the cops. There's two reasons. Again, guns versus butter symbol of institutional racism. And liberals hate it. Hate it when I call them out on this stuff. They know exactly what's happening, but they hate the cops so much they choose body bags over the cop. If you over the cops, if you live in a neighborhood dominated by liberal politicians or a liberal mayor, Know this, God forbid, knock on wood, nothing happens to you. I don't wish ill on anyone for any reason. That's not funny. That's not a joke, ever. And I mean that. Even my worst political enemies. But if something happens to you because of this disastrous rise in crime, I want you to understand look at me, motive. This was done to you deliberately. They wanted this to happen. This is not a mistake. Don't ever forget it. All right, I want to move on to something else, too, because I, I, this critical race theory piece I read by Jonathan Turley, it's about a very specific incident, but encapsulates perfectly the tenets of critical race theory, and it's going to tie into this police story I discussed last night on Hannity 2. Explained unbelievably in one piece. Don't go anywhere. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Helix Mattresses. Listen, folks, I have a Midnight Lux because I took their two-minute quiz Helix and it matched me up with the Midnight Lux mattress. I love it. The only downside is it's hard to sleep on anything else because you're going to love your home mattress so much. You're on it eight hours a day. It matters. Sometimes more on the weekends. Not that that's ever happened to me. If you sleep in because you had a rough night, you want to make sure your mattress is really good. Get a good one. Go to Helix Sleep. They have a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type the perfect mattress for you. They'll ask you what your sleep preferences are. You like to sleep on your side? You like to sleep on your back? You prefer soft, medium, firm mattresses? You want. You prefer a mattress that cools you down? Look at all these variables you probably didn't even thought, think of. Plus size sleeper, then plus size mattress for you. Hey, have it all. I took the Helix quiz. Like I said, I love my mattress, the Midnight Lux. It's great. I love getting the feedback from you all, including unboxing videos. People love the Helix mattress. It's been a great, they've been great sponsors for us for a long time. Ships right to your door for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. They have a 10-year warranty. And if you get to try it out, did you know that? For 100 nights in a sleep trial, risk-free. You don't love it, they'll pick it up for you. That's how confident they are. You'll love it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix also offers exclusive discounts for military, first responders, teachers, and students. That's very nice. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Here's the website. helixsleep.com/dan helixsleep.com/dan go today. You won't regret it. Thanks Helix. Sleep. So critical race theory, which is behind a lot of this anti-cop animus as well, some of the same tenets of critical theory and critical race theory, and an offshoot of it, can explain well why liberals would rather see the body bags pile up than clean up their own cities and back the cops. I've never seen it better explained than the two big tenets of critical theory and critical race theory. Better than this one example, this one piece. It's in The Hill. It'll be in my newsletter today. I strongly encourage you to read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you'd like to get on my newsletter uh, email list every day. Jonathan Turley, The Hill, excuse me. The rise of a generation of censors. Law schools are the latest battlement, uh, law schools, the latest battlement over free speech. Folks, this is serious. The article is a serious article that highlights a very serious problem. But within the piece is a paragraph that perfectly encapsulates two tenets of critical theory and critical race theory. You need to understand and the why. Why liberals are doing this? I just explained to you why they won't back the cops and let the body bag, be- and they're letting the body bags pile up. But critical theory and the next is going to tie right back to the whole thing. The show will weave in, I hope, nicely for you. There's a paragraph in there I'm going to get to in a second, but the gist of the piece is this. That law schools now are censoring any opposing thoughts when it comes to topics they deem controversial. Controversial, excuse me, like transgender um, rights or whatever it may be. Law schools now are, are are banning or outright censoring any opposition. Well, folks, what's the problem with that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, where do you think our judges and lawyers come from? Law schools. You're going to have a generation of judges who are never going to see the pro-life arguments, never going to see the pro-Second Amendment arguments, never going to see the religious liberty arguments when it comes to um, transgender rights or whatever it may be. They're never going to see any of that. They're only going to get one side. And when you only get one side, there only is one side. But that's not the way courts work. There's a defendant and a plaintiff. Courts are two-sided. They're adversarial by nature. That's why they're courts. Has anyone ever gone into court to fight a case that didn't exist? I'd like to fight the lawsuit against me for for what? No, It wasn't a lawsuit yet. I'm just here to get out ahead of it just in case. You ever seen that? Anyone ever heard of that? Law schools are now censoring speech. We're going to have an entire generation of lawyers who have no legal knowledge whatsoever about issues that matter to conservatives. Religious liberty, the Second Amendment, freedom, all of it. I want you to check out this paragraph from the piece. So Duke was going to have a uh, a debate, a symposium about transgender rights and activism and the legal consequences of both. Well, a website above the law, like a Stephen Segal movie there, above the law said, no, 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 we can't have that. And I'm going to read this paragraph and you're going to see two big tenets of critical theory are highlighted uh, Really, the sad tenets, but highlighted beautifully in this. From the piece, the the above-the-law criticism of Duke was illustrative of the new anti-free speech movement that's now taking hold in law schools and legal publications. Academic freedom and free speech are denounced as tools to, quote, marginalize others. Patrice sums up why both the student editors and the Duke faculty must be condemned. Condemned. Quote, a vigorous and open exchange of ideas is valuable only to the extent it improves the academic mission of improving the human condition. Is transgender skepticism within that field? It shouldn't be, but here we are. In other words, you're entitled to free speech so long as you cannot be accused of, quote, marginalizing others. There it is. This piece, read it. It's in my newsletter today. Sums up perfectly two big tenets of critical theory and critical race theory that are being jammed down your throat, and I'll explain to you the why right now. Tenet number one of critical theory and critical race theory. That knowledge, knowledge, facts, facts, data, that knowledge is a construct of power. You'll hear me say it now. You've heard me say it a thousand times. Why? Because without that, without that idea critical theory, it totally collapses. Because they can't debate on the merits of critical theory. They can't. They can't cite specific examples of some white oppressor holding them down, a class and a cabal of white oppressors holding them down. So what they do is they use these flowery words without specific definitions to never get lost in the granular detail. And when they do get lost in the granular detail and they try to argue something where the facts say otherwise, they just say, no, 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 those aren't real facts. You're just manipulating the facts to obtain and keep power. Therefore, knowledge is a construct of power. You see it in there where it says, look at this, go go back to that. Uh, It says, a vigorous and open exchange of ideas is valuable only to the extent it improves the academic mission of improving the condition. That right there sums up beautifully this ridiculous tenet of critical theory that you can't know anything if you're a white person because everything you've been taught has been to solidify your position as an oppressor of minorities. You want to argue... The tax rates, what they were, you're just arguing the tax rates because knowledge is a construct of power. No, but I can prove that's what the tax rates are. You're just doing it because you're the white oppressor. How do you win that argument? The answer is you can't. That's the point. They don't want, quote, a vigorous and open exchange of ideas because they'll lose. They can't prove any of this stuff. Who oppressed you? Uh, No, no, I want a name. If some white man oppressed you because of your race, I'd like to know. We'll call him out on this show. Because unlike you, we actually hate racism and fight it here. We believe in big R, God-given rights for everyone. They can't. So by you asking a direct question, a systemic racism, what system exactly has been racist towards you so we can call it out? They won't cite it. Then they say, no, no, no. You demanding an open exchange of ideas, that means you're the oppressor and you're just your challenge is only meant to solidify your position as an oppressor of me. You're like, wait, what? What are you even talking about? A vigorous and open exchange of ideas is now their enemy. That's number one. Knowledge is a constructive power for them. It is a way to stop a vigorous and open exchange of idea, of ideas. Number two. Again, encapsulated in this paragraph beautifully. They need a permanent class of victims. You see it here? Academic freedom and free speech from the Hill piece are denounced as tools to, quote, marginalize others. You get it? Free speech and the exchange, vigorous exchange of ideas are only, quote, tools to marginalize others. Well, the marginalized its what? Marginalized is a synonym for what? Victims. But if you don't have a permanent victim class, you don't have people who are marginalized. Therefore, there's no tool to marginalize you, and critical race theory falls apart. The only way to prove that the system is racist is to create a massive class of victims who are marginalized through free speech. You see how the tools all fit together? Vigorous and open debate has to be stopped because it's only a tool It is a tool, the use of knowledge and debate to victimize and marginalize people and create a permanent underclass. But for that, you need a permanent underclass. Now you see the intersectionality portion of this, how everyone to them is a victim. Union workers, minorities, Asians, Muslims, everybody's a victim. Everybody's a victim. They don't. They can't function without a permanent underclass of uh, uh, oppressed people who are victims. This is where PC culture comes in, and this is the reason they tell everyone, blacks, Hispanics, immigrants, everyone, the other side's coming for you. Now do you understand the fear agenda? I addressed yesterday, again, on the radio program and on the show. The only way to create an underclass of victims that is a victim of vigorous and open exchange of ideas and free speech is to create victims how do you create victims through fear they're coming for you That's what a victim is right a victim has to be victimized which requires a victimizer the problem is it's really hard to claim barack obama michelle obama kamala harris and others are victims so they just keep them flowery, these terms. Like, oh, it's systemic racism. But have you personally been victimized? Can you point someone out who victimized you because of your race? Oh, I can't. Well, of course you can. That's why they engage in endless fear-mongering. They want you to believe you're the victim because they need a victimizer, and that victimizer is the white person in critical race theory. You get it? Does it all tied together now? Not a specific white person. The general white male patriarchy. Not a specific white person because they can never point anyone out. Fear. Everything is based in fear. There's always a victimizer trying to victimize you. The loss of liberty throughout human history, this is why socialists absolutely love critical theory. The loss of liberty throughout human history has always been preceded first by a fear campaign. Somebody is coming for you and will protect you. The nice part about critical theory and critical race theory for the socialist who wants to take away your liberty and they need fear to do it is they can constantly pump you full of critical race theory and never have to prove their case because a, quote, vigorous and open exchange of ideas isn't valuable and it's just a weapon to marginalize others. It's the Kafka trap. You're the victimizer. No, I'm not. Your denials are more proof that you're a victimizer. That's why you're denying it. It's an illogical exercise. Look look it up. Kafka trap. You deny being a racist, your denials are more evidence you're a racist and you're victimizing people. Therefore, we need to protect them. You should forfeit your civil liberties over to us. They need fear. Critical theory and critical race theory doesn't work without fear. Fear is the one key component to all of this. Now... Do you see why I opened up the show the way I did with the door-to-door campaign over the coronavirus? What does that have to do with critical theory? Critical theory, critical race theory, again, offshoots of one another, but similar ideas. Critical theory needs fear. Fear is the fertilizer. You can't be oppressed if you don't have an oppressor. And if you can't specifically point out an oppressor, they have to keep you scared all the time that that oppressor is always around the corner. Fear is the coin of the realm for them. They need fear. Now, I'll get to Joe Biden yesterday, and maybe you'll understand why their door to door campaign makes more sense. Um, let me get to my next sponsor first. I've got that coming up, and I've got Randy Weingarten of the national uh, the the of the Teachers Union, that National Teachers Union, a disastrous human being. Uh, single-handedly responsible for the destruction of thousands of black lives. I don't Believe me, I don't say that lightly. It is absolutely true. She has fought against school choice for minority parents for decades, ruining the lives of young black and Hispanic children across the country, and doesn't care. Just like the liberals in the beginning don't care about the body bags piling up, she doesn't care either. She doesn't care. She is absolutely committed to teaching fear and victimhood. Committed to it. I'll get to that. And we got some good news at the end of the show with a great hero of the day and a very touching segment. Don't miss that. Hey, growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But I had to give it up because, you know, I looked, at, this is a true story, by the way, when I was younger, I started looking at the back of the cereals I was eating. I've always been kind of a health nut. I remember I used to take those <laughs> vitamin C chewables by SunKissed or whatever they were. I did that and cereal. And I looked and said, this is really not good. I started having, I started back then drinking wheat germ instead because I wasn't going to eat that cereal. It was bad for you. Well, I've got a solution for you, folks. Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. Don't let the calorie count for you. It's delicious. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carbon, GMO-free, and a huge favorite in my household. You can build your own box, too. The flavors are all delicious. Isabel, my daughter, loves the blueberry. Honestly, they're all terrific. You can build your own custom bundle from cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon. Absolutely delicious. Healthy and delicious. None of that junk in other cereal. It's like regular cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. Delicious, super healthy. Brings joy to your mornings, afternoons. For me, sometimes at night. On a Friday, after I'm done with my long work day on Friday, little Magic Spoon. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Grab your delicious cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use our promo code Bongino at checkout and save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. You don't like it? For any reason. They'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Bongino and use the code Bongino to save $5 off. Your kids will thank you. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the episode. We appreciate it. All right. Fear. Folks, they need fear. You can't create victims without fear. Victims have to be victimized. When you don't have an example of, hey, I've been victimized by this specific person, liberals create it for you through critical theory. Oh, no, it's the white male patriot. The system's coming for you. It is. Oh, yeah, it's coming. and people believe it. The system's coming. The system, the man, it's coming for you. You understand how they use these undefined, big, broad terms because they can't get people to believe what they're telling them is true by using specifics. You, you, you've been victimized. When people start asking questions, like, "Okay, how?" I don't, I don't feel victimized. I go to a really expensive college. I'm sitting here on a great campus in the finest country on earth. I've got a few job offers. No, no, it's systemic racism. It's the white male patriarchy. They're all, and then they, oh, okay, oh, fear. Fear, fear. They always need you scared the left. Fear. They worship fear. It's their tool. Keeping that in your head, does this now make sense? Check out this video yesterday, Joe Biden. Now that the coronavirus hysteria is finally ebbing. It was a serious virus, no doubt about it. Not anywhere close to the most serious virus we've had, even in relatively recent human history nowhere close but liberals used it as an excuse to get you to forego and forfeit your liberties you couldn't assemble in public couldn't go to church right you notice how easily so many people gave those up because of fear now that that fear is ebbing and going down they can't have that fear is their currency check this out now we need to go to community by community neighborhood by neighborhood and oftentimes door to door literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Door to door. Door to door. They want to go door to door now just to remind you about the virus again. Got to all get vaccinated, folks. Why? Why does everybody have to get vaccinated? There are tens of millions of people out there with antibodies from a natural immunity. Could last a year. Could last five years. Could last a lifetime. We don't know because the virus is relatively new. We'll know in 20, 30 years. If you do blood work and people still produce an immune response, we don't know yet. But it's thought by many scientists that it could be long-lasting. Why would they need the, uh, the vaccine? Folks, this has nothing to do with a vaccine. Come on, man. Joe, you got come on, man. Come on, man. This has nothing to do come with on, it. Come on, man. Come on. Nothing. This has nothing to do with the vaccine. This has everything to do with keeping you scared. Not going to do, oh, my gosh, have you heard about the This is what, the Delta variant, the Lambda variant, the Alpha, the Omega, go through the whole alphabet. All these, they're all going to, you're all going to die. They want to knock on your door and make sure you know. Got to keep you scared, man. It's the only way to get you to soften you up with body shots to forfeiting away your liberty. It's the only way. People jealously guard their liberty. They always have. Again, that's why jail really sucks. Because you're not free. No one would accept jail, even if it was a beautiful facility with a wonderful mattress and a flat screen TV and free cable and the food was good. Nobody would willingly accept jail. Why? Because you wouldn't be free. Getting people to give up their freedom is hard, but not when they're scared. Because then the government comes in and says, oh, we'll protect you. Coronavirus, the white male patriarchy, we're here for you. But again, fear does what? Fear creates new victims. In order to get new victims, you need to scare the hell out of people. Tell them someone's coming for you. How do you create new victims? Think about it. Again, if your everyday experience doesn't contribute to victimhood because you live in the United States and you haven't been victimized, a very small portion of the population, thank the Lord, and I'm not using his name in vain, thank the Lord has been a victim of hard institutional racism. Now, obviously decades ago, with Jim Crow and slavery, there were people who were killed in the name but we've made such progress that one of the worst things you can call someone in the United States today is a racist. So if there are few, if any, most of these race things turn out to be hoaxes, thank God. So if you can't have fear because people don't fear institutional racism, they don't. You have to teach it and indoctrinate. They're coming for you. They're coming for you. Joe Biden whisper. They're coming for you. Pay them. They're coming for you, man. And how do you teach them they're coming for you? Think about it. Think it through. School. In school. I thought school was about reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> That's hilarious. You thought that? Of course you didn't. You watch my show, you're very smart conservatives and libertarians. You don't believe that crap. Hence the absolute panic by Randy Weingarten. Again, a, a human being who is... I, I, I would I would doubt there has been a more destructive personality on the American political scene. She's a politician. She, has, she doesn't care at all about teaching. She runs the teachers' union. She's a total politician. She doesn't care about teachers. Their union kids are in. She cares about her own political power. I would make the strong case there isn't a person in the political scene more responsible for the destruction of black lives, prosperity, Hispanic lives, and future prosperity than this woman who has fought against your ability to get your kid an education for decades. No, Dan, she's a teacher union rep. Absolutely. What I just said, absolutely. I stand by that. That opinion, I stand by. She's panicking now because Republicans have smartened up. They understand. Our schools are becoming indoctrination factories, and they're fighting back. Listen to her yesterday, preparing to spend, I would argue, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to sue anyone who tries to get rid of their racist, critical race. theory. She's committed to teaching racism in the schools. Check this out.
1: Mark my words. Our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund
0: ready to go. And we were preparing for litigation as we speak. She is committed to keeping your kids, if you are black or Hispanic, out of quality schools. She's been committed to that for decades. Now she's committed to teaching all of your kids who happen to be white, not minority, that they are racist by default, which is in, by its nature racist. She's committed to it because they have to indoctrinate a new class of victims. You don't have fear and you don't have victims. You don't have critical theory. You don't have the dissolving of civil liberties by choice where people just give them up. You need fear for people to hand over their liberty and freedom. You need fear. But what's the obstacle to that that I said in the beginning of the show? You have a bunch of obstacles. The military and law enforcement have always been symbols of law and order. Conservative ideas. Big R, God-given rights for everyone. Liberals hate that. Told you in the beginning, there's two reasons they hate the cops and the military. Guns and butter. And they feel they're symbols of institutional racism and empire building. So liberals have always wanted to corrupt the cops and military. Always. It's been a goal for decades. How would you do it? Oh, critical race theory. Here we go. Dailymail.com. Longest headlines ever, as always. U.S. Air Force Academy professor backs critical race theory for all troops. Saying the Constitution created inequality. George Washington was racist. And U.S. domestic and foreign policy is shaped by racism. Folks, think this through. Outside of the reasons I told you before in the beginning of the show why the radical left hates the military and cops, think it through as well. Not just do they hate them for the guns and butter approach and the institutional racism empire building stuff, but from a practical reason as well. You have military friends, police friends? Most of you do they liberal or conservative? Uh, oh, 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 yeah. It's all coming together now, is it? They're mostly conservative, right? Because when you identify with a meritocracy, which our military is, you go to boot camp, you earn your place, you earn your stripes, you earn your promotion. Police department's the same way. Natural meritocracies that believe in law and order and rules, leftists hate all of that. When you're subjected to that, and you're not subjected to victimhood all the time, you naturally become a conservative or a Republican. Hence the reason military folks and cops are largely conservative Republicans. Got to corrupt that. Got to push critical race theory and victimhood because you need to indoctrinate them like Randy Weingarten wanted to. Got to push that throughout the ranks. Corrupt all of them. Here's a defense contractor. This is from Christopher Rufo's social media page. He's saying in his reporting that Raytheon, one of our defense contractors, is teaching this stuff as well, this critical race theory, that white people should, quote, step aside, that they, that, uh, they should learn about others' disadvantages and identify their privilege. This is a defense contractor, folks, according to Rufo's reporting not only to corrupt the military corrupt the contractors too make sure the whole chain is destroyed so folks enough complaining what about the what are the solutions here i have a few for you quickly and i want to get to some hilarious state department video which is priceless and uh, i do want to get to our hero of the week and we won't leave without that what are the solutions to this The implementation of critical race theory, the destruction of our society, the creation of a victimhood class, and dismantling the idea that knowledge is somehow a construct of power. First, I'm going to propose four things. Number one, get your kids the hell out of public schools as soon as you can. If Randy Weingarten's absurd, outrageous uh, just petition here to demand to teach your kids to be racist, she's trying to teach your kids to be racist. If that does not incentivize you to get your kids the hell out of public schools, I don't know what will. Folks, do whatever you can. My mom was very poor. She was a, worked a checkout counter at Finest. Finest was a supermarket in, in uh, Queens, New York, right about 64th Lane and Myrtle Avenue. She worked there for years. We did not have a lot of money. We did whatever we could to scrape together some nickels. I know it's not easy. I lived through it myself. Do whatever you can, like she did, to get the kids out of public schools. We went to a Catholic school. There are charter schools. There are private schools. There are a number of options out there. Seek whatever scholarship you can. We're going to be selling merch on our website soon. Our proceeds go exclusively to charity. Hopefully to that cause. We used to have a scholarship fund. We're looking at a few different things. Seek whatever you can, step one. Evacuate the public schools en masse. They have become nothing more than liberal training zones. Nothing. They have become functionally useless in this country. Second, Mark Levin proposed this a long time ago, June 15th, 2021. He said, hey, mandatory body cameras for teachers, not just cops. Why don't we have cameras in the classroom? Oh my gosh, you can't say. That's invasion of... It is? Those are public schools paid for by our tax dollars. There's cameras everywhere else. When my dog, when she goes to doggy daycare, Lucy, there are cameras in there. We're not allowed to hear what you're teaching our kids with our money paid for by us. They're our kids. The answer is, hell to the... No. We will put those fight everywhere to get those cameras in the classroom. I want to see and I want it recorded. I want to see what you're teaching my kids. And your your silly dopey pressure tactics, invasion of privacy, nothing. You're in a public school. Not private. It's not your house. We paid you. We paid you. So number two, cameras in classrooms, number one, get the hell out of public schools. Number three, it's happening right now. It's an article from May, just about a little over a month ago. New conservative PAC targets school board elections. There is where it's at, folks. Both money, volunteerism, time, and activism should be directed towards your local school boards. There's a bunch of PACs out there that are now starting to figure out we've neglected school board elections for a long time, and the left is taking advantage of that. No more. Finally, there should be no government money directed towards anyone teaching racist critical race theory. If this is true about Raytheon, according to this reporting, those contracts should be pulled or not renewed. The government should not be teaching people how to be racist under any circumstances. All right, I'm going to get to this uh, hilarious State Department video. A big thank you. But uh, first, I got one last sponsor. Always appreciate your patience. This video next is good how the Obama administration just lies to people's faces and then just moves on like nothing ever happened. It's amazing The lying is, they're so skilled at it, I almost admire their ability to lie. It's incredible. Hey, this time of year, we celebrate our independence and the values that made America great. Now more than ever, it's important to support companies like Patriot Mobile, who not only share our beliefs, but stand behind them with action. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. They donate a portion of every dollar to organizations that fight for causes both you and I care about. Right now, they have two great offers to choose from. Either get 50% off your first two months or $100 off any phone. Both come with free premier activation. How do you get this great deal? Just go to patriotmobile.com Dan for details. Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage and it uses the same towers as the major providers, so you get great service for less money. Better than you. Switching is easy, too. How do you do it? Go to PatriotMobile.com Dan or call their top-rated U.S.-based team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders, you save even more. We need to stick together and support companies that speak the truth. PatriotMobile.com slash Dan. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT today. All right. A little comic relief, although it's unintended um, this is State Department uh, spokesperson. I believe his name is uh, Ned Price or something like that. He's at the State Department, I think it was yesterday. And he's asked a question by an actual reporter who's curious about why the, the Biden administration's pulling out of Afghanistan. Again, I, I don't want us to be there, just to be clear, it's not political to me. It's, it's about, you know, how we effectively handle our military assets and our most valuable asset, our kids. But having said that, Watch how this guy just lies. The reporter asks him, so you understand, in the beginning, he says, listen, you know, we're breaking one of these, uh, you know, we're pulling out of one of these treaties here. Or No, the, the guy says, hey, we're respecting one of the uh, Trump administration's uh, treaties. And the reporter's like, no, no, you've broken treaties there in the past. And listen to this guy try to dance his way around it. And the reporter just absolutely destroying him. Check this out.
1: Well, on on your second question, uh, Matt, I think you're actually uh, confusing uh, different things here. Uh, these are apples and oranges. Yes, we uh, changed quite a few uh, U.S. policies across a number of fronts, uh, but I think you would be hard-pressed to find an international agreement that the United States signed on to uh, during the last administration uh, that this administration has jettisoned, done away with. Uh, this is the point uh, that we have made in any number of How about different- about the Geneva Protocol on the anti-abortion stuff? this this was the point that we have made on any number uh of uh steps about uh the importance of the durability of uh american foreign policies uh american foreign policy across administrations how about the agreements with the northern try with with mexico and the northern tribes those are international agreements that you guys jettisoned these these are matt I, uh no i, I think I, I mean you just challenged me to come up with a, an international agreement that the previous administration signed that you guys have walked away from. And I just gave you, I think, three. The administ- the previous administration had its own policies. Uh, this administration has different policies across a number of fronts. Uh, but this administration also understands the importance of uh, when the United States signs its name uh, and gives its word uh, in the context of a formal international agreement, especially one uh, where the stakes are profound for uh, American, the American people, including our service members, deployed service members, uh, that's something that we take uh, very seriously. Did,
0: did you see what happened there? It may seem a little complicated, but it's not. The guy gets totally wrecked and it just changes the argument like nothing happened. He's trying to say the Department of uh, State spokesperson to the reporter that, yeah, we're pulling our troops out of Afghanistan because Trump wanted it and it was an agreement we made with the Taliban. We don't break international agreements. Then the reporter's like, Actually, I can name three right now you just broke from the Trump administration. And then he goes on and just changes the argument like nothing happened. Like nothing happened at all. He names three right there. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, uh, right. Uh, you know, I really enjoy Five Guys Burgers, extra ketchup and onions. Those are really delicious. Huh? What? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you find that clip as tragically hilarious as I do, but that that's the Democrats for you. The reporter names three. The guy just moves on like nothing ever happened. Oh, gosh. All right, we're running out of time. So uh, I want to do a quick thank you here. The uh, monthly podcast rankings just came out. We moved up a spot to number nine in the country. Thank you so much. There it is right there. Dan Bongino show on PodTrack, Cumulus Podcast Network. Thank you very much for your support. It's not a, this is not a self-praise moment. It is a you-praise moment. I can only listen to my show one time. You all have chosen to make it your home, put it on your podcast shelf. And for that, I want you, please, look me right in the eye, man. I want you to know how much it means to me. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really sincerely appreciate it. I will not let you down. I will continue to work my butt off to bring you some of the best content out there. Get up very early every day to bring you a quality product, and I deeply appreciate your continued loyalty to the program. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's, uh, again, it's not about me. It's about you. You you made it what it is. One hundred percent. I'll never forget that. What's that? Yeah, we passed CNN. Gets a good a good call. I All right. I don't want to forget this. So, uh, gee, let's get the let's jump to the um, here with a day. This is Ozzy Gian folks. Ozzy Gian For those of you who are nineteen uh, eighties baseball fans, was a White Sox player. He was also a manager. He was quite good. I think he won the Rookie of the Year. Did he? Producer Jim, what do you think? Producer Jim's listening. I think he was a rookie of the year for the White Sox. He was a very talented player. He went on to become a manager later on. And Ozzie Guillen uh, is not from the United States. Well, why does that matter? Because he's asked about, during this clip, what it was like to become a U.S. citizen. and Just listen. This speaks for itself. Check this out.
1: You were born in Venezuela and what this country means to you. And it was... i got the date right here. January... Of 2006, that's when you became an American citizen. How about this day? What did that mean to you that day? Special. People, they don't know it how hard that is.
0: How many people die? How many people open the thing? How many people want to be American?
1: It's a very honor for me to do that. Hey, you're really emotional right now. Why are you so emotional and cheering up out now? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 opportunities, man. Opportunities. Opportunity opened the door for me and being great. I've been living in this country for a long time. Give my family a great cause and open the door for them to be who they are. You didn't know that video was coming. Maybe that caught you for my advice. Maybe surprise. that was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but I don't I know, I know cry that often. I'm very tough guy. But uh, seeing that, I know how that means to me and my family. Yes. Amen, Brother Ozzy. You are definitely, it's only, what is it, Wednesday, guys? Moods and trackers. You're our hero of the week. There will, there will be no more heroes this week. Unless, God forbid, something bad happens and someone really heroic jumps out. I'm anointing on a Wednesday, you the hero of the week. One of the proudest moments of my life was going to my lovely wife, Paula's citizenship ceremony at the Baltimore Immigration Office when she raised her right hand and as a U.S. citizen pledged allegiance to this country as a citizen as a citizen for the first time, if, I, I, my strong recommendation to all the patriots out there, strong recommendation, if you ever get the time or the opportunity to attend the citizenship ceremony, go do it. It'll get you choked up, I promise you. All these people from around the world who want to come here, do it the right way and pledge allegiance to our flag. It was a really memorable experience I'll never forget. And thanks to Ozzy Gian for saying that. I hope people will spread that clip around. Probably going to use that on my weekend show this uh, weekend on Fox too. So if more people see it, spread that around as much as you can. Hey, thanks for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my Rumble account. We're trying to get to 2 million followers before the end of the year. It's Rumble. It's free, of course. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Rumble.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate it. Also subscribe to Uh, Former President Trump's account over there, Don Jr., they all have great accounts as well. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow.
1: You just heard Dan Bongino.